We individualize training in the pool. So why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Okay, Kevin Prada, how are you doing, man? Good, good to be here. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, things actually moved pretty pretty quickly. Um, I just caught up with with Adrian, you know, just outside of the of the aquatic complex gates, and he was like, "Hey, you know, uh, we we talked a bit about the podcast uh, as he as he was a, a guest on your podcast a little bit ago, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'll reach out and." not even an hour later you just shot me a message uh, asking if i want to be your first ever high diving uh, guest on the podcast and uh, oh, that's a, yeah that's... it's 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 a it's a really cool format that you put together and uh, i really like it i've been following it for for a little bit and yeah i find super interesting content and and insight and i think it's you know it's a privilege to be on it and uh, i thank you for that well, listen, you are our first uh, official high diver or uh, cliff diver, as they would say. And, and I was introduced by Adrian uh, Radulescu, uh, who is uh, a great participant in this show, obviously the, the coach of David Popovich. And I've had a, I had a good history with both those men. And I'm a huge fan of them. And anytime Adrian reaches out to me and says, you need to, you need, you need this person on your show, immediately I'm going to respond, right? So it's like, um, your English, your English is better than theirs, actually, I think. How, how come your English is so good? Um, I've been, I've been around the globe for quite a while now. I left, uh, I left Romania following uh, academic studies, further academic studies. I went to the UK. And I, yeah. I graduated uh, at a university in the UK. That uh, plus contracts around the world, um, you know, had my detour through the entertainment industry for a while. I spent about four years in Macau working in a, in a really big show with, uh, with Franco Dragone. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, just traveled quite a bit and, and worked in, uh, in multicultural and international environments and, and teams. So the exchange, the communication being super important as I, as I see it in, uh, in absolutely every endeavor, um, I just focused on that as well and on, on developing communication skills and yeah, thanks. I take it as a compliment. <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's swimming related. It's not, you're not moving, uh, your arms and legs like we do in the pool, but you're definitely right. in the water and, and doing what you're doing and there's so much dedication there's so much precision there's so much training there's so much mental strategy that goes into mm -hmm. very similar in terms of preparing for a, a big major swim meet but in terms of the diving aspect there's there's no way that you started as a cliff diver right like your, your parents were hey let's take you to a cliff and start jumping off the cliff but so where did it begin for you i think it's it's quite the the typical background you know of, of people sort of 
drifting into into cliff diving and, and high diving um it starts it starts off with with swimming lessons and then tumbles into diving lessons so mm. that was my that was my starting point i started with swimming lessons uh previous to um starting school basically i was about seven and that summer my parents turned me into swimming lessons um i wasn't really the most excited when it came to water um, mm -hmm. i wouldn't have really anticipated you know the 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 evolution of, of my career around this element and uh, and you know getting to to uh high performance level and and doing it professionally and full-time yeah. about 24 years later but uh yeah i had quite a quite a modest start um i wasn't really fit for the for the spots um but the spots reserved for for swimmers in that classroom and uh, the swimming instructor really recommended my parents to, to turn me into diving i was also shorter um not quite you know i didn't have like broad shoulders nor long limbs so i was one of the last ones in uh, in the in the play races <laughs> back that summer <laughs> i remember and then uh, yeah it just it just picked up from there i started i did about a year of uh, of intro in diving and then uh, a coach um who i who i really launched into uh, high performance diving um took us in our team in 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 his team basically under his wing and uh with his guidance i basically got through through junior level then i i switched clubs as well and i continued until uh until senior level i did about a year of senior level and after that it was basically the the, the team that was trying to be put together in perspective of the london olympics mm. and um i haven't i haven't managed to qualify before that even though i was i was part of the national team all the way through my junior years uh, i didn't manage to qualify for the olympics and uh, i still would have had some chances however i think at that point you know my my motivation my mindset wasn't quite in the right place and um so i just i, I decided to follow through with with the academic uh, with the academic path and I decided to go and study journalism and media, so communication skills, basically. Mm. Um, and I, I shot off to the UK. And there, uh, after my second year, I revisited an offer that I had to go and, uh, and work on cruise ships. And uh, it seemed like a good idea just to like put aside some time for the final projects during the final year uh not needing to uh you know play here and there with part-time jobs and stuff i was i was doing part-time diving lessons at the pool i was doing some lifeguarding lessons here and there as well um but then i was like look i want to focus on on my final year as well and uh i don't want to i don't i, I don't want to take away time from from studies uh to keep working like that and so i went to do my first contract on the cruise ship and that was just the eye opener. Like that was a uh, a shifting point in my career for sure. Mm. I uh, I got to meet cliff divers that was that were already on the tour. This was oh. happening in uh, 2012, and uh, that's what I found out that uh, there are higher heights. The cruise ship itself had uh, had two perches at 17 meters, so it was like two springboard. It was like a kidney shaped pool. Mm. 
mm-hmm. uh, with two springboards uh, at about three meters, two 10 meter platforms and, and two 17 meter platforms. And uh, 17 meters was like out of this world in my, uh, in my <laughs> understanding. Yeah, yeah, didn't even know it existed. And so I started looking into that. I did a bit of research uh, with some guidance from the guys. And so I started basically creating a plan of, uh, of making it higher, uh, taking it step by step and, uh, fast forward to 2023, I'm, uh, I'm a branded athlete on the world series tour and, uh, got some performances in my pocket, uh, wow. in, in a, in a sport that basically I found it to be, a an opportunity to, to reinvent myself. So it mm. was, it was through the, it was through this artistic industry show-based uh environment that i uh that i learned to put you know the skills that i acquired through diving in an artistic setting on stage coordinating with different uh different artists different divers different acrobats um to deliver basically something that's been envisioned as a collaborative project and uh, that for me was was a very thrilling and stimulating um prospect in itself. So the yeah. way I was looking at the composition of, you know, of a, of a show, um, where you really had to be there, like you couldn't afford having your mind wander. Um, there was a scuba safety team involved. There were cues, there were hydraulic lifts moving up and down and you really needed to be present and focused. Um, all of this whilst doing, you know, and executing your, your dives as, uh, as well as possible and as beautifully as possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really understand this world until when I was at Auburn university, we had mm-hmm. guys who were on that national level, who were some of the best divers in, in the country in America. And when their careers were over, it was like, Oh, I'm going to go and spend, you know, six months on a cruise ship. And I was like, really? Like, you can do that. They're like, yeah, yeah. Cruise ships <laughs> all around the world. They have these diving teams and we go and perform. I was like, wow. So, um, in terms of in terms of that part of the diving world, the cruise ship world, uh, tell us about that. Why do they have divers come and perform on cruise ships? Um, they have different costs. So there's an ice skating cost. There's a production cost with dancers and singers and uh, uh-huh. and acrobats. And uh, there's also the aqua cast. So there's a a specific show, a specific production tailored around water as an element and, and water skills. How many and, times a day would you have to perform? Uh, back on the cruise, it was, I think out of seven days of cruise, we were doing about 10 shows, I think. Okay. And, so, around, and then what's the, what's the appeal shows. of that other than other eight, than kind eight of, shows? Yeah. So in, instead of just like seeing different countries and like, what's the financial benefit? Like what do they offer you to come and do something like that? There is, there is remuneration. I mean, there is a, a monthly salary that you get. Um, and it's, it's the experience in itself, you know, it's the, it's the exposure to, to living, um, leaving your, your comfortable area, going somewhere else and really learning how to integrate and adapt. And like, from my own point of view, uh, my perspective on it was, was to really work on my versatility and adaptability. And, uh, that's what I took for, for a challenge. But that was, like I said, that was only a starting point. Also 
besides cruise ships, there are also theme parks that sometimes, right. you know, they build this high perch that goes up to mm. say 80, 90 feet. And it just has this tiny little platform that only your, your feet can actually fit on it. Right. And uh, then there's a tank, you know, on the bottom, like a round tank. So that, that format that's been around, it was very really? popular back in the seventies and eighties. If you remember, like the guys mm. were just going higher and higher at Dana mm. Kunzi and, and Olivier and yeah, yeah. The, the old school guys. So back then the trend was to go higher and nowadays the trend really shifted into, um, into bringing high performance diving skills into a more, uh, formal and, and more recently standardized, uh, to a high level setting. So, when did this all, how did this all come about in terms of the professional setting and, and the, um, the circuit, the international stage, that sort of thing? How did this come about originally? Uh, in what, in what way you mean? So like, I guess Red Bull got involved. It's, it's more, is it, is it Red Bull funded in terms of the circuit that you're part of now, the professional circuit, the league, or is, uh, is there kind of um, uh, a governing body? Like what, how is it organized, structured? So as far as the Red Bull Cliff Diving World Series is concerned, mm -hmm. this is a format that's been around since 2009, okay. uh, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, ever since it evolved, 2009, I think, marked uh, a, a point, you know, in the timeline where things uh, started becoming more and more professional mm -hmm. in the sense that the level was evolving. The, the difficulty of the dives was growing exponentially. Right. And then 2013 was the year where uh, FINA hosted the first ever edition of uh, world championships where right. high diving was a discipline, uh, part of the, the program. And since then, uh, every two years, high diving was, uh, was part of the FINA program in, uh, in Kazan, in Budapest in 2017. And after that, with the, with the pandemic, it sort of took a bit of a dip and uh, we're scheduled to resume this year in Fukuoka. So World Cup became, yeah, 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 right. yeah, became also a, uh, a qualification criteria as, as well as a, as a competition uh, apart from the, the, the Red Bull organized uh, contests and there are other, there are other organizing bodies who, who are doing uh, events around high diving as well. But these are the two main ones. Now, are there, are there guys who just say, you know what, I'm just going to stick to the Red Bull circuit and not care about the, the international world championship circuit or are they, are they intertwined? You do, do you do both? It is, it is actually very well connected in terms of, of helping the sport grow, of, of raising the bar higher and higher, um, and really coming to a point where it just ticks all the boxes, um, en route to becoming an Olympic discipline. I mean, this is, right. this is what we all, uh, want to get to. Uh, Are we close to that? We, I believe so. I believe so. I don't, I don't think, I mean, it's quite late to, to be, um, introduced, you know, as, as a new discipline for 2024, but, the uh, the perspective is very promising. 
as far as uh, the LA games are concerned. Ah, good, good. So now, how so how do you get invited onto onto the the Red Bull circuit? How how did someone like you first get approached by Red Bull? So, my personal experience really started, like I said, on the on the cruise ship. I started with the plan, then I, uh, you know went and, and ticked off you know the the intermediate points that i considered right. you know to be uh to be essential and um between 15 and 19 i spent about four years in a big production in in macau and that was that was a big show uh where i saw it to be um the best training ground for me i didn't is it like a um, spending there for like a cirque du soleil yeah, or something cirque du soleil, exactly so Essentially, I ran away with the circus, as, as <laughs> cliche as that, <laughs> as that might sound. But I ended up spending uh, four years in China, and um, it was it was the best foundation that I could have uh, possibly um, laid down. And once I got to a point where I was I was happy with uh, with the technical program that I that I put together uh, over there, we had a 17 meter high dive and a 24 meter high dive and it was an indoor show it was a purpose-built theater we were about 96 performers at full capacity overall about 300 something people crew you have a coach apparatuses and uh right now no like during those performances was there a coach there specifically for there was, the divers? There, was, there was yeah there was a diving coach that was also training high diving and russian swing you probably so right. this this apparatus is just right. big big swing with three four people at a time on it and then mm -hmm. you have the flyer the back pushers and yeah it's there's a lot of power and that was mm. that's that was one of the 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 apparatuses that basically you know allowed me to have so much uh so much airtime and a, a different perspective as well as as focus training because you, you can't really allow yourself to to slip out of that uh out of that zone where you just feel the swing oh, underneath yeah. so yeah. as soon as as soon as i really put together the the technical program it was 24 meters it was not 27 um i haven't had a 27 meter experience prior to uh getting the first invitation in 2018 and uh at that point basically i submitted a, a video demo tape application right. sort of thing and it was it was beginning of 2018. Um, I was on a, on a big trek in Nepal, in the Himalayas, and I logged on to the, the Nepalese satellite just to sort of <laughs> give word to my parents that everything's fine, I'm okay. And uh, I received the email that I got uh -huh. a wildcard invitation from, from Red Bull later on in the, in the season. It was scheduled to be in September. So wow. that was the that was the point where I was like, okay, like I had I had some ideas about uh, coming up with a, with a new dive that no one really approached until then. And I was like, okay, I just need twenty seven meters for that. I did everything that I possibly could from nine meters and seventeen, and I was like, with ten extra meters, it would fit. It it, it has to fit, you know, like. Right. So, Macau was also the the place where I basically discovered the the wonders and solidified you know the the practice of of visualization mindfulness really mm. escaping that that negative bias you know that we're all very prone to so it was just a, a mindset uh, recreation altogether 
And so it's not really I mean, important, I guess, is like in, in terms of like going up and doing and performing, the idea is to clear your mind. Is that, is that the best performance? I think we all work differently, obviously, you know, same as, same as we interpret success or high performance or whatever it is differently. Uh, but when it comes to, to finding a, a routine that's most efficient for you, um, we do have, we do have different um i i don't want to say crutches but it's kind of like it's kind of like a crutch you know some people juggle some people just dance others sing out loud others do meditate visualization is is a big part of the process as well so i think it's it's a combination of all these things you know and really getting to a point where you just learn to to listen to what your body needs and and yeah. how to how to put yourself in the in the position that would would just tune you into that frequency and get you ready for, for right. the dive. 27 meters when you when you go up is about like eight stories high, right? Eight, nine stories high. Yeah. And about 90, 90 feet, you hit the water at 85 kilometers an hour. And you go you go from, you know, a, a, a cheering crowd that, that can just whistle or make a noise at any time. So learning how to block that and detach and and I, I know the concept of uh, compartmentalization is something that you really appreciate as well. So yeah. it's, it's extremely important to learn how to separate, you know, and, and really draw the line between uh, any factors that could distract you uh, while during a dive and just like stay there. So blocking any external noise and any external distraction, really giving the, giving the command and having the trust that, you know, the, the body would do what it's been trained to do. Have so you have you got to a point where you've walked out onto a ledge and and had a moment where you've had to step back and just say, I'm not I'm not mentally ready for this right now? In while I was while I was learning and increasing the height, um, yeah. I recall needing to uh, take a bit of extra time here and there. It hasn't happened often, but once I put my arms up and I, I get I get on the edge. Uh, I don't step back. I avoid stepping back. So it's, it's been like, you know, the, the decisiveness of executing a dive of, of mm. performing it, uh, has been something that I've been working on from the start and really, but it happens, it happens often, you know, that, that people need to, to take a moment, um, or you have situations where the weather elements, you know, might just right. really interfere with your balance, with your focus with your really like a gust can throw you off balance and you can't really afford taking off into a, into a difficult dive, uh, from 27 meters, uh, yeah. whilst you're off balance. So now Kat, what's the appropriate things, way to, um, to land a dive like that at 27 meters, what are you aiming to do? You know, obviously you don't want extremities out. I would imagine, um, how are you positioning your body? to land perfectly and and it is i guess i imagine it's feet first obviously you can't land on your head so how how are you what are you doing with your feet in order to get that perfect entry yeah no no head first no hands first uh, diving from from that height i think it's been it's been done in a couple exceptions but uh, it's not something sustainable, and at this level, it's not something that uh, that's really being cultivated or or, or pursued. 
Because when uh, I when I jump first. off the ten meter, I I I, yeah. I grab my I grab my crush. You know, I'm holding it right. on tight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. And that's that's actually like one one way that people sort of clasp their hands uh, in front of in front of their uh, their hip waist sensitive area. Um, others just like go you know fist close together and mm. sort of punching the water. But ideally, mm. you want you want um, as as straight as possible line uh you want to be as vertical as possible when you toes when you the water toes toes in like a semi point so you don't want oh, them oh, really? i mean flat's okay uh pointed is not okay pointed can just really? really slice yeah slice the water you can slice the water and like have the have the legs split and and <sighs> legs go in different directions and Hence, you know, and, the, the, and flats the okay. Like you don't slice your, your skin open here. No, you don't really <laughs> No, No, so the skin doesn't break, but it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned this because every beginning of the season, you know, there's a, there's a break in period. So mm. same as when you, when you buy uh, oh. new hiking boots, right? You have to break them right. in. Right. So it's the same. You end up getting, uh, getting bruised soles mm. and it just takes a bit of time. Uh, until you know the, the skin and the muscles in your in your feet oh, get right. used to that to that impact yeah yeah but oh so i, I watch I, a lot of mma like those mma you know they, they kick and so like they're right. kicking trees and things like that to kind of toughen their shins up so mm -hmm. so what you're saying is like for a high diver you're 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 hitting the surface of the water over and over again yeah. to toughen the soles yeah. of the feet oh yeah yeah so you, ever, you ever take a baseball bat and like smack it? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily, no, no. But like I have, I have all sorts of, uh, um, say, um, massage aids like a lacrosse ball, right. golf balls, uh, all sorts of round sticks, just to massage the feet and all the all the nerve endings in the in the sole of the foot, which are basically connected to a lot of other areas in the body. But yeah, that comes with you know a maturity and a, and a, and a self-awareness uh yeah doing yeah. what you need to do and listening to you know what the body needs and when it needs it well you're talking about preparation what is the preparation how do you train for this where, where do you train you just find a cliff somewhere and start jumping off it or and go back there every day like what's the what's the weekly schedule for a trainer like you so when you get to do it professionally um and and have you know, an objective in, in really keeping the level up and really helping and contributing to raising the sport, you need to, to bring your everything to it. At the moment, I'm essentially uh, training full time. Like this is my, my approach and attitude. Um, got double sessions uh, at the moment in the off season, really focus on, uh, on strength and conditioning while mm -hmm. really doing a lot of, of, of diving gym as well, dry land, dry land skills. So drilling that, uh, that foundation in, uh, takeoffs in all, in all positions, handstand holds, uh, overall body strength, and then weights, uh, three to four times a week, plus the, the yoga training, the stretching, the mobility training, uh, physiotherapy and, and all of that. But even in the off season, don't necessarily shoot off, uh, cliff scouting in in a warm country when you know there's snow outside in uh, in your in your home uh, <laughs> home yeah, yeah. so 10 meter diving pools are essential here because okay. you have you some in romania we do we have uh, a newly opened um, 
aquatics complex just outside of Bucharest, um, capital city, and uh, it's it's up to modern international standard, and it, it it really is a breath of fresh air. We had a we had a long period when uh, when we only had one one diving pool in in the entire country, about four hour drive from here. So right. it's it's been quite difficult in in terms of sustaining a, a, a competition ready water focused uh, level for diving right. and and you can't really dive without the water can you but right. somehow like made it made it happen and and throughout the years uh, even though we had you know limiting limited training opportunities uh the diving school's been uh, it's been going um hasn't been big it's still quite a quite a small scale niche sport i would say but in light of, of the recent years and um, and better results internationally, it's uh, it's caught up a bit of profile and and media is turning attention towards it. And now, with with more facilities uh, being you know projected to uh, to be refurbished, renovated, and reopened, we hope that the program is gonna it's gonna grow and and get to a point where we could potentially implement a high diving program as well. Same as, as other countries have already, you know, turned focus towards this. Awesome. Listen, Kat, I'm loving this conversation. I wish we had uh, put more time away. We should have. <laughs> I had so many more questions, but uh, I've got to run. I got work, unfortunately, but um, I get, I I'm get loving you, this. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, congrats on a career that you're making out of this. It's incredible. Um, Thank you. Appreciating it. I, I really hope that we can see it in the uh, LA Olympics and maybe you'll be there as well. So, but uh, oh, yeah, good totally. luck with your career. You as well. All Take right. Care. Cheers, man. Cheers. Bye. I would like to tell a story of how Swim Angel Fish improved my skills and a major aspect of my life. First of all, when, when I was a small child, when I was like four years old, I had a fear of going in the water because I was afraid of getting my going, water going in my eyes and also the fear of drowning. No flippers. Oh, that's a good one. Do you want me to hold you? Oh, yes, the whole time. Let's finish this. I got you. Good job, Peter. I can hang on the whole time. What was that? Easy or hard? Easy. You tell me. It was. I'm a super swimmer. You're a good swimmer. Your body floats. Did you see that time? How there was no discussion and I just grabbed the opportunity in a much better way? Hold on the whole time. And touch and let go. Smile. You're showing me a good smile. And when I got to the age of 11, I wanted to start, I wanted to start developing swimming skills because I noticed that a lot of my friends and peers have, are good at swimming. Well, let's show them how we learn to, I can now let go the whole way. The whole way? Yeah. So how about you're going to come around and see from the whole way for your first time ever with not me touching. Can I swim next to you? Yeah, of course. Oh, so excuse me. Excuse me. 
Conclusion, I think I would like to thank Swim Angelfish for doing a great job of helping me develop confidence, bravery, and skill.